0: All right. And our guests today, we're really excited about this from University of Utah's College of Health, Department of Nutrition and Integrative Physiology. Did I say that right? I said that right. That was like the Olympics from my mouth right there. Uh registered (laughs) diatri
1: Oh fail. You 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 stumbled on the podium.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Who Cares About Men's Health, where we aim to give you some information inspiration and maybe a different interpretation of your health i'm producer mitch troy scott and i are taking a little bit of a summer break but we'll be back next week with some new episodes in the meantime we've put together some best of episodes highlighting some of our very favorite moments over the past 145 episodes One of the health philosophies that us here on Who Cares have been developing over the last 100 plus episodes is that whatever approach you choose to take with your health, it needs to be unique to you if it's going to be sustainable and, well, enjoyable. This means two things. First, that exercise or nutrition plan that you find on Reddit that claims to be the secret to reaching all of your goals may work great for some guys, but it might not be right for you. And you aren't a failure if it doesn't work for you. And the second thing is that because there isn't some magic plan that fits every guy, we have to be willing to be curious and willing to try things out. You won't know what does and doesn't work for you until you try some things. Everything from me trying to run a 5K or the mental health practices that Scott's had us try out, or decluttering our spaces together, or even trying out social media influencer challenges like the Project 50 Challenge. We've tried a lot of new things on this podcast, and some work for us and some don't. But we stay curious and we try our hardest to give them an honest shot. But there was one particular series that had all of us try some very different things with our nutrition and really push some of our boundaries. And we found some things that really ended up working for us by trying them out. For five weeks, we were guided by nutritionist Teresa Dvorak as a part of our Man Meals series. Scott, Troy, Thunder Jalili, and myself worked with Teresa to learn a thing or two about cooking in a healthy way and learning some strategies about how we could improve our diet without eating nothing but salads or chicken breasts and peas. Each week, we would learn a new recipe We'd cook it up that week, then report back to the group what did and didn't work for us, and our tastes, and our lifestyles. And man, oh man, did we all learn a lot. We kick off the series with episode 83, Tasty and Easy to Make Man Meals, where we discuss with each other the struggles that we were facing with nutrition. And Teresa gave us some really meaningful direction on how we should approach this challenge.
0: Uh, Troy, I have a question for you. When do you make bad eating decisions? Is there kind of a time you make bad eating decisions? I make horrible eating decisions after night
3: shifts, no doubt about it. So when I'm tired, I always make bad eating decisions. I make bad eating decisions if I get home, you know, like two in the morning from a shift. So I think sleep deprivation is the theme there for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Mitch? Bad eating decisions. When do they happen?
2: Uh, I make them a lot when I'm driving around. For some reason or another, I cannot... Uh, just old habits, whatever. I always like to go to the Maverick, get myself like a a drink. And then there's always like a weird candy or like there's, I just, I have a soft spot for roller food. Um, as terrible as that sounds. Yeah. That's That's when I make the worst decisions is when I'm getting gas or stopping by somewhere. Yeah.
3: So just to clarify roller food, we're talking the stuff that's been on the rollers for a day or two, right?
0: Oh, that's like, what
3: he's talking yeah, about. That's oh, The you like the, the hot corn dog, dogs, the yeah, taquito like a, that's like oh, yeah, caramelized. Get, for get us. a yeah. get
2: a pair of those taquitos, test, I've been, been rolling for several weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I, I just uh, I'm feeling a lot of shade right now, and I, <laughs> sorry. I, I abide by. It. <laughs> no Mitch, we've all been there,
3: but it's <laughs> yeah,
2: uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> this is this is really great, and this is very common, right? The stuff that we hear. Tired, um driving. I need quick, convenient. I want something yummy, um, and I don't really. Want to have to work for it, so this is this is awesome and and not unusual. Um, so all of you are very um in this regard at least normal. I, I can't speak to everything, but regarding your food choices, <laughs> one thing you check
3: the normal box, you
0: know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right?
2: We then discussed a few of our personal barriers that were preventing us from eating right and enjoying it. And after talking to some people and getting some emails from listeners, we found out we weren't the only ones dealing with these types of barriers. And Troy gave us a bit of a surprise by admitting how much this emergency room physician was intimidated by getting into the kitchen.
3: I'm just going to start here and just say the kitchen itself intimidates me. Really? <laughs> My idea of cooking is opening a box of pancake mix that requires <laughs> nothing but water and that is what I cook and that is about the only thing I cook. So so you're 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 starting pretty you, you know I I'm, I'm sitting in the bar Pretty low here in terms of uh, anything that requires mixing together and cooking it is a,
2: is a stretch for me. I think the bar is actually on the floor, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: it's in the basement.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, for, so for me, the big thing is that we, uh, in our household, we eat pretty healthy. Um, Jonathan is, makes all these delicious salads. But I'm, I'm not a salad person. And I think when I was first thinking about this idea is like, I'm, I'm terrible. I love my junk food. I love my salty stuff. I love my tacos, you know? And so especially when I'm trying to eat healthier, when I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight, which I'm trying to lose a bit of the COVID weight right now, but, um, it's hard because it seems like it's always like, ugh, another salad, ugh, another salad. I don't know what to do, right? I feel pretty confident in the kitchen, but I don't have like, the imagination, I guess, to make something tasty, fun, and not and healthy, and it, have it not be like a pile of vegetables. <laughs> so,
0: uh Teresa, I'll tell you, I have ha- had a habit of making meals in advance, but I have a very small uh, kind of group of meals, like beans, rice, and chicken. You know, I, I ate that every day for lunch for years. Kind of gotten tired of it. I really didn't spice it up or anything like that. Um, I like spaghetti a lot, so I'd, I'd make that in bulk and eat a lot. Uh, I'm not too intimidated in the kitchen, but I think time is kind of a thing. I'm willing to invest some time, but I like to be able to make it and then, you know, pop it in the, the fridge and have it for the rest of the week or pop a couple in the freezer, have it later in the week. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for stuff with flavor, too.
1: Yeah, you know, I, that's something that I, I love, the flavor piece and the, the junk food that Mitch is talking about and like late night opening the fridge of Troy, like, you want something quick and easy, but it also has to taste good, right? Um, it can't just be this, what we often think is pile of vegetables that's good for you, um, that is just kind of bland, um, and doesn't have a lot of flavor. And that's hopefully what I'm bringing to the recipes and to this is that it can be healthy, but it can be super yummy and really tasty too. And we shouldn't have to sacrifice. Deliciousness for health.
0: And easy to make too.
1: And easy to make. Yes, indeed. So, you know, I get, I get the time and I think when we're thinking about kind of these big batch meals, um, is, is that when we're putting, we're kind of paying it forward, right? That we're putting in some time on the weekend or a day during the week um, where you've got some extra time and then you've got it in the fridge. You've got extra portions that you can repurpose different ways or just pull out and either eat cold or pop it in the microwave for, you know, 30 seconds a minute something like that
2: so we were given our very first recipe to try out for that following week and despite it being labeled as an easy man meal it turned out to be a challenge for well some of us for different reasons here are some of the best learning moments from episode 84 troy's culinary struggle and Mitch, was it good or not? What'd you think? Really liked it. Um, but my partner is a bit of a foodie and it was really surprising when we went to, we went down to the Southeast Asian market to get some supplies. Cause I know Teresa on the episode was like, get good stuff. Like go and get some quality ingredients. You'll, you know, it'll make a better product. I got the pre-prepared curry paste and he was a little snooty about it. He was like, you know, mm. you can make your own curry. You know, oh. you can do that. And. It turned out better than any curry that we've tried before. I'm just going to throw that out there. So
0: I have a feeling, Teresa, that in this particular <laughs> recipe, simplicity trumps, um, authenticity. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> and, and I would beg to differ on the authenticity piece because I know many, uh, Asian, Southeast Asian Thai individuals who just use paste. So that brings into a good point of when you use pre-prepared packaged items and, and when you make them from scratch. Um, and some of the key things that you want to look for are, you know, is there, are there added, you know, um, chemicals, things like MSG or added alternatives? Uh, are, is there added sugar? Uh, is there a lot of extra salt in it? Uh, those, those types of pre-prepared packaged things, sauces, um, mixes, soups, things of that sort that, you know, you could probably do better if you did from scratch. Uh, whereas something like the curry paste is really just a blend of spices and peppers and things of that. And And across the board, I would say most of them don't have that extra stuff in them that we often want to stay away from. But if Jonathan wants to make his own, I would be more than willing to taste test for it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's kind of what I told him too. So. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna jump in here and say, if I had to make my own curry paste, oh,
1: yeah, no, no.
3: that would have been my breaking point. <laughs> it would have been that, back to the bean burrito. <laughs> no, this is what I would have done. I thought very seriously about going down to a Thai restaurant we had been to a week before. <sighs> And ordering a red curry and eating it and saying, Yes, I had a delicious red curry. I loved it.
1: <laughs> and taking a picture close. like thunder. And taking
3: a picture <laughs> and said, look, look how great my I you know, I made a few modifications. It may not look like yours, but it was delicious. I was close. But like I said, I'm definitely the outlier. I recognize this was not a difficult recipe, but my background is I thought back over the years. I've never made anything that required more than five ingredients. And even that's mm. been a stretch for me. So uh, usually my ingredients are pancake mix, eggs, <laughs> milk, <laughs> water, and maybe water. some water. That's been it. Like I made like some cheesy potatoes before. Like you cut up potatoes. I looked it up to see how many ingredients it was. It's like wow. potatoes, cheese, and cream of mushroom soup. That's the extent of my cooking expertise. So this was, was a it stretch. Real
1: cheese or Velveeta? No. It was
3: real <laughs> cheese, but it is well up in Velveeta. So so I'm speaking for all the guys out there who, who may not have a lot of cooking experience. This was a stretch for me. This was tough. I
0: wanna yeah, I wanna throw in um a Troy's wife posted on Facebook and made me laugh out loud. Um so it says Troy's preparing dinner as part of a challenge for the podcast. In thirteen years of marriage, he's never made dinner. Here are my favorite comments so far. This is from Troy's wife. <laughs> What is a saucepan? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> the third thing, do you know coconut milk is a thing? And not only is it a thing, it's the thing that makes this so freaking good. Let yeah. If you don't know anything about coconut milk, know this, it makes things good. Uh, ginger is crazy looking. <laughs> and... Uh, And how do I do medium heat, which is a legitimate kind of question in a way. Isn't that the middle part of the heat, (laughs) dial?
3: (laughs) One would assume, but you know, I honestly, I had it on medium and I'm like, this isn't cooking fast enough. Like I'm supposed to brown everything I chopped up and it was two minutes into it and it wasn't very brown. I'm like, okay, I I don't think this is medium. So that was throwing me off a little bit.
1: Let me kind of tease this out a little bit more, Troy, was it, was it kind of the, the recipe literacy piece or, you know, not knowing what it it sounds like there was not knowing what things are. And so just learning that, or was the, the actual kind of seeing this laundry list of ingredients and, you know, multiple paragraphs of instructions was that the kind of intimidating part that caused a little bit of the shutdown
3: or all of the above everything you just said <laughs> i went down aisles in the grocery store i have never visited before awesome. like i'm like i've never been Love in this it. aisle Wait, and then I'm looking for the diced tomatoes and I find this aisle that has all the vegetables. I'm like, where are diced tomatoes? There's every other vegetable you can imagine in this aisle. Come to find out diced tomatoes are in the Italian aisle. There's like 400 (laughs) varieties of diced tomatoes by the spaghetti sauce. And then the the clincher, because I found the Thai paste pretty quickly because there is an Asian aisle, but the clincher was the coconut milk. It's like coconut milk. Where in the world am I going to find that? And I finally found it down on the bottom. They had like a couple cans of coconut milk by the condensed milk and so the that baking
1: part- aisle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, right, which threw you, right? Why shouldn't it be by the Asian
4: food? I know. Like why is it? did you start in the dairy section for the coconut milk? <laughs> I might as well have. <laughs> <laughs> I That's I didn't great. go that far with it. I'm like I
3: don't think it's going to be refrigerated, so it's not going to be next to like a gallon of milk that I would pull out of the thing, but <laughs> but uh, like I said, I was going places I've never been, and I'm glad there weren't a lot of people in the grocery store cuz it was just like me just going up and down aisles.
0: Up and down aisles, <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, your frustration started at the grocery store, and then did it, it continue? Did. It,
4: <laughs> it, yes, it did. It did continue.
3: Yes, that wasn't the end of it. Like as I'm trying to peel the garlic, I'm like, like how do I peel garlic? Like just simple things. Honestly, I've never done them before. So Laura, my wife, says, "Well, if you put it in the microwave for like seven seconds, it makes it easier to peel." So that kind of helped. And then the, uh, you know, the ginger, I kind of figured out how to peel that with the spoon. But again, it's something I'd never done before. Um, but when I did get into the recipe itself, I'm like trying to time this stuff like, okay, I've got this in there. Oh, wait, I need to add this. Oh, wait, I should have chopped those vegetables first. I didn't chop those vegetables. I got to get those in. So I think I probably should have read ahead a little bit more. And been prepared for what was coming, uh, rather than just kind of going step by step, which is what I did. I mean, I got through it and um it actually tasted really good. I was happy with the outcome, uh, but it was a process. But I, I got there.
1: So looking looking back, it was it a good? Do you feel do you feel a little bit more empowered now? Uh for I don't this know if next week's the best word. <laughs>
0: Recipe? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Quite frankly, I'm afraid he's dropping out. I really am. I (laughs) I thought about it, I thought about it. I hate to
3: admit it. It was, it was, it was a challenge. Again, the, the, the most rewarding part is that, uh, number one, I enjoyed it. It Tasted good. Number two, Laura was very impressed. She's like, okay, this is really cool. You did this. And so she
2: was very supportive. So that was great. Uh, but it, it was a challenge. It was definitely a stretch. And to round out the episode, we had one last helpful tip from a pair of nutritionists to help all of us make cooking just a little easier.
4: Um, I actually got frozen vegetables out of my freezer and put them in the curry instead of buying and slicing up my own vegetables. I had a uh, powdered um, uh, turmeric that, that I used instead of, you know, just shaving the root. I used the um, powdered ginger, mix- you mean? uh yeah. sorry yeah ginger the ginger yeah the ginger yep. yeah okay ginger and then um i also had um like a pre-minced you know garlic out of the jar i used that stuff and mm. it actually the whole recipe didn't take that much time what took the most time for me is i added my own flair to it i took tofu and i i pressed the water out of it and i stir-fried it and i added it to the to the curry but you know i didn't have to do that yeah,
0: um, they also have a um, a, a pre bottled or uh, in a jar chopped um, ginger garlic combination, which is what mm-hmm. I used. So we have a jar of chopped garlic and, and then this little deal. So then you don't have to deal with that stuff, Troy, which can kind of take some of the stress and pressure off if you just buy that sort of thing.
3: That would have been nice. Yeah.
1: Well, and <laughs> right, that piggybacks off of kind of what Mitch was talking about of like. Where, how do you know what is a decent packaged or pre-prepared type of food versus not? And frozen vegetables, even some canned vegetables are a great example of that because the chopping and finding it in season and fresh can sometimes be challenging depending on the time of the year. Um, And those frozen Individual veggies or veggie medleys are really great to have on hand so that you can just, you know, grab a couple of handfuls there and throw it in your sauce. Um, and you could, you know, throw it in your spaghetti sauce or your Thai curry sauce or, uh, your, uh, Alfredo or something like that too. If, if you were venturing in those other directions.
2: After a first week of struggle, Troy didn't give up and he came back for next week's recipe. And wouldn't you know it, he was actually finding some new confidence in the grocery store and a new love of spaghetti squash. From episode 85, suspiciously delicious.
3: I, it was great. I am now a fan of spaghetti squash. And this was again, Pushed me a little bit. I had to find someone in the store and ask them what is a spaghetti squash.
4: <laughs> yes, I love it. I,
3: love <laughs> I did. No, I had to. is, and is she, it in the pasta section? It's <laughs> in <laughs> the pasta. Like, and so this nice lady in the store, then Ugh. you know who works there, of course. And then she had a couple of smaller ones. She's like, "Oh, let me go get you a good one." So she went to the back room and brought a nice big spaghetti squash out for me. And it's cool. Aww. This wow. is cool. Wonderful. Like it's fun to eat. Yeah, it was special treatment. I enjoyed there. it. I like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Troy, did you find the olive bar?
3: I did. Our <laughs> olive bar, though, it's still not like an open olive bar. They have an olive bar with everything packaged, so they don't have it all exposed. But I did find the olive bar. I'll tell you, the way this happened, if you're interested, uh, I went to the store for something else. And then I said to myself, I am really overthinking this cooking stuff. Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> And so I tried to pull up the recipe on my phone, and I couldn't get a connection in the store. And I'm like, I remember what to get. And I remember on Thunder talking about the olive bar. So I went there. I found olives. They did not have sundried tomatoes, but I remember that. I found that. I remember the spaghetti squash. So I'm like, hey, I can do this. And so I found most of the stuff. Just remember what we talked about. I tried not to overthink it and got everything together. And it was much less stressful. It's like, I could, you know, I can do this.
1: We can try and take a step back. Right. And, and a lot of this is kind of this analysis paralysis, right? We're trying to overthink it. We're trying to be that um, food network chef, that Instagram, <laughs> you know, influencer or what have you. And, and we really just need to, you know, especially when we're starting out, you need to take that step back and, and kind of remember those basics. And if we think about some of the The basics that these recipes have introduced us to, sauteing, chopping things, roasting, um, buying pre-prepared, and then adding a bunch of fresh stuff to it, uh, it can be, it can be a lot easier than what we're kind of holding ourselves to these unrealistic expectations.
2: But again, Troy wasn't the only one learning something about cooking. Even though Scott and I have had a little more experience in the kitchen, we both learned something about how to read recipes and how to approach eating nutritiously without breaking the bank.
0: Uh, and then and when a recipe says two cups of spinach chopped... Does that mean I take two cups of pre-chopped spinach and then chop that? Or am I supposed to chop up the spinach until I get two chopped cups?
1: I love this. This is so what I was going to talk about during this episode. Um, Because in the recipe that we're going to make, it has some of this um, recipe jargon that is is helpful to know. It's not the end of the world. Again, it's still going to taste really good if you mix it up, but it makes a little bit of a difference in the taste and quality. So, um, for example, the the recipe today will call for one cup parsley, comma chop. Or if the recipe were to say one cup chopped parsley. So it's a matter of when you measure it. So if it says one cup of parsley, comma, chopped, then you start with one cup of loose leaves and chop that up. But if it's saying one cup of chopped parsley... Uh, then you want to chop until you fill up a cup, got a it. full cup of parsley. When do you learn that?
2: Like in your life?
1: Like, is it just right <laughs> now? Like... Right now. Right okay. now is when you learn it, Mitch. Because I've cooked for a long time
2: in my life and I'm just like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> right. It's just, it's just like algebra. Okay. Yeah. All right. right. What do you do first? In. Right. Okay. Is yeah, it parentheses? Is it addition or multiplication? That's all. So yeah, there you go.
2: I guess one of the things that I was kind of wondering was, it seemed like I had a bit of sticker shock as I was scanning one jar after another. It just seemed like it was a bit pricier than I was used to.
1: Very valid. Um And this is where uh, looking at where and how we buy our items and then reusing them. So this is sometimes challenging when we're trying a recipe for the first time and we don't know if we're going to like it. So if you were buying jars of these items. Um, it's quite possible that you had some left in that jar. You didn't use the entire jar. Um, and this is where maybe some of those grocery stores that have an olive bar where you can just purchase the amount that you need for the recipe. So if you only needed a half a cup, that's all you have to buy instead of, you know, needing to, to buy the, the, one to two cups worth that's in the jar um, looking at other store options as well um, so like Trader Joe's does some of these items less expensive those kinds of things um, are a great way to look at some of these alternatives um, so certainly it's 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 a valid. A uh, valid question, valid concern uh, with this particular recipe. I would also argue, though, at the same time, when you think about the quantity, that it made—if um, it, you know—it gave Troy six meals worth. For for one or two, that's that's a significant amount of food that mm-hmm. it made. So, kind of pricing it out per meal, um, hopefully, would be you know considerably less. Yes, at, that initial purchase uh, can sometimes be be a bit of a shock.
3: And I will say, I priced mine out because I'm I'm curious about this too. I priced mine out about twenty dollars uh, for everything, and um, <clears throat> admittedly, I did forget to get the art- artichoke hearts. Uh, I probably. I would have liked to have had those, and I didn't remember until I got home. I was like, "Oh, artichoke hearts." So that probably would add like another five bucks. But, but you're right. I think if you look at yeah, twenty bucks, and you spread it over four or five meals, it's it's not crazy high. Uh but it seems like there are variations you could do on that. Like maybe, you know, maybe you don't do the sun-dried tomatoes and maybe you just do the olives or or something. Oh, you know, because I found
4: tomatoes are the best part.
3: Okay. Or if you didn't like you're right, the right, they are the best part. Right? Or, maybe you or, don't do or the doing olives. Canned
1: olives. Right. <laughs> yeah, you could do a olives. canned olives. Yeah. Um yeah. artichokes, there's a froze there are frozen artichokes, and those are fantastic as well. Um so there's Troy's exactly right. There you could certainly modify this and make it a little bit uh, less expensive of an initial of an initial punch
2: and for this week we actually had two recipes the second was a no-bake granola bar that even had chocolate chips in it and finally a delicious healthy food that i could really enjoy but i had some suspicions which is when i learned a thing or two about portion control I find these suspiciously delicious. <laughs> the question I have, because I don't have it readily available, we ended up swapping. Uh, we did some kashi go rather than um, puffed rice to make it a little more uh, protein rich. What is the caloric density of these things? Because I've been having them as I've had some I've had to run up to the the hospital time or two. I've been grabbing them just as a quick lunch. They are so, they are so tasty though. I'm just concerned. I'm very concerned.
1: And and especially with putting in the, the Kashi Go.
2: Uh huh.
1: It's, it certainly upped it from what it, what it was. So if you just made one batch, um, and cut it into the, I believe nine servings Mm -hmm. that it was allotted for, which, which was, would be a fairly good size bar. They're about 300 calories.
2: Okay. Okay. That's not, that's like a meal replacement. Okay.
1: So then with the Kashi Go, I'd probably add another, probably if you did that fully instead of the, the puffed rice, it's probably another 25 to 50 gram or uh, mm-hmm. calories. So you're, it's a very dense snack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: Mitch, did you cut them into uh, like, like, did you actually make nine bars or did you cut them into smaller bars?
2: I cut them into nine and okay. um, I just, <laughs> I get, <laughs> I get into the, okay. So, the, portion yeah, so one of the things I think I've, I run into a lot with my own nutrition is I just, I get into that like health food blindness, right? Yeah. Where I'm like, these are healthy, like Teresa told me I could eat as many carbs as I wanted, and then I have like two of these, and then it's like, "Oh, oh no, I don't think she oh, said no. you could eat
0: as many carbs as you wanted. <laughs> I, I think was, she yes. said you could eat the rice, I but <laughs> I don't believe she yes. all right
1: okay. and I would also if you're if you're thinking about using it as having it as a snack um. But realizing that you're eating a lot of them, certainly, you know, think about how many you portion and take with you. Another thing to think about is that I have something else alongside it. So maybe I have um, a... Uh, a low like an fat plain yogurt with <laughs> <an> exercise <laughs> bike. Hopefully you're walking around work. Um, nor like an apple, something, something yes. fresh along with I it.
2: I have been having an apple with a full size bar, so I need to reevaluate my life. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I will. I don't know. Was, All right, good to know. Wrong <laughs> nothing
4: wrong with a full size, nothing wrong with a full size bar in the right circumstance, but I think if you're just like popping them as a snack, it's, it's probably a bit much as a snack. So, you know, maybe like a half a bar, a third of a bar or something.
2: Troy was still a little nervous for the next week, especially when this new recipe had an ingredient that he had never even heard of. So in the spirit of all learning together, I shared a sneaky little tip that I had learned over the past few weeks of cooking.
1: So this is going to be a great combination of lentils and bulgar, uh, and some nice uh, fresh veggies as well as a, a homemade dressing that you'll put on the top.
3: So you just said a word there I've never heard before. What was that?
0: Bulgur. Bulgur. Yeah, uh, it sounds like somebody that was in He-Man, Masters <laughs> the Universe, or exactly. <laughs> who's Bulgar? <laughs> who's Bulgar? Bull-gar. Where do I find him?
1: Bulgar
3: smash! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, what is Well, that? it How is do do? wheat.
1: So it's wheat. It comes okay. from wheat. Um, and it is considered a whole grain, less processed um, than if you were to say have Wheat pasta or wheat um, bread or something of that sort.
2: Troy, the the thing that I've been doing lately is that I've just been doing the pickup, the grocery pickup. So I don't even need to hunt in the store to find things. Oh, you just put everything on there and someone finds it for you. That's like Uh, cheating. That is cheating. Her name is Mary. It's been every Wednesday for the last month. I know her. We chit chat. It's great. So she's like, <laughs> nice. "Oh, getting something different this week," and I'm like, "Yes, I am." So you I should will share say,
1: the recipes with her.
2: I might have to, yeah, but that's just go. it. So that's how I've been skipping. Like the where on earth is this item in the store? So that's, that's a really my good strategy. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, no, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> That next week on episode 86, the guys get saucy. We learned a few more tips and I suggest you check out the full episode for those, but I want to take some time to share my favorite moment from the entire series where Troy was finally starting to build some confidence with his cooking.
3: Okay. I am going to tell you this salad really kind of was my next step in cooking. So oh. yes, so we had to get together for my brother for his birthday. Huh? And you cooked it okay. for
1: other people. Yes. yes. And I
3: said to him, he said, Hey, we're going to be having, you know, he said, I'm going to grill some salmon and then we're going to have, you know, some, some cheesy potatoes and some fruit. And I said, Hey, can I bring a salad? Um, and so I actually made it and I took it and there were six other people there who tried it and provided their honest feedback.
2: I said, please give me your honest feedback. So. So, Troy, is this usually what happens? People invite you over and you're like, oh, I'll make something? Or is it like grab some chips on the way?
1: (laughs) No, they tell him what we're going to eat. And he says, okay, sounds great.
2: Like, cool, I'll be there. (laughs) What time?
3: Uh I rarely bring anything. I have never in my life made a dish that I have taken to any event and let other people consume. So this was a first for me. I've certainly bought things. Yeah. I mean, I bought things, but I've never made something and taken it. So this was a big deal. How how did that feel? It was good. I I kind of felt like I was putting myself out there on the limb a little bit, but then I was just like, hey, guys, it's not my recipe. I I
2: don't take it personally. (laughs) So after the five-week challenge, Troy was awarded the most improved and shared his takeaways from the experience on episode 87, Graduation Day.
3: Well, Scott, this was definitely a growing experience for me. You know, I came into this as we talked about having had experience making pancakes and that's been my idea of cooking. <laughs> if it requires more than three or four ingredients, I'm not doing it. Um, so it was a stretch and that first week I, I seriously had doubts if I was going to continue. The biggest thing, number one recipe for me was spaghetti squash. Absolutely loved it. It was easy to make. And I could think of many variations with that. That is definitely a keeper. And Laura, my wife, has even been asking me like, hey, when are you going to make spaghetti squash again? (laughs) Uh,
2: I know you've succeeded. And to wrap up our time together with Teresa, who we came to lovingly call TD, she gave us some words of her professional advice for any person that struggles when it comes to reaching our nutrition goals and eating better.
1: Uh. Unapologetic deliciousness is where we should start. (laughs) Okay. Right. It should, it should taste good and it can still be healthy. And I, I do. I think we have a bit, we as in, uh, you know, just kind of Western cultures have a bit of a skewed sense of what healthy is. And, you know, there's, you don't want to point fingers, but I think the, the diet industry has, has Kind of exploded this, right? That if you want to try and lose weight, if you want to be healthy, these, this is the plan that you need to follow and it, it needs to be X, Y, and Z and nothing but. Um, and, and there's so much more room for choice that, that it's okay. And we can, with a few skills that I think most of us have explored these four weeks, um, we can take something from a very plain chicken breast, which is healthy, and peas that are healthy, and make them make them taste good as well. Um, without adding a ton of calories and adding a ton of salt and sugar, um, which we often associate with deliciousness. Um, and so we can have both. We can be healthy and and delicious, and think about that color, and and combining foods, and um, uh, trying new recipes, and you know, going out on a limb every once in a while. I'm very much of the the practical sense that all foods can fit in a eating plan, right? It's just it's on a spectrum. What do we eat most of the time? And what do we eat every once in a while or in smaller portions? We, we're not going to make health changes to our bodies, um, biochemically or otherwise, in on one day, right? Um, sure, we can have blood sugar spikes and whatnot, but we're not going to affect our overall um, systemic inflammation or our arthritis pain or our cardiovascular disease and our cholesterol numbers on one day. But what are we doing for the long haul? And I think we have to find foods that taste really good that keep help us to continue to eat that way for the long haul. And what's sustainable?
2: That's it for today's episode. If you've been curious about improving your diet in an unapologetically delicious, easy and nutritious way, you can find the recipes we tried out in the description for each of the Man Meals Challenge episodes which are all listed in the show notes for this episode. And if you have any questions about nutrition or maybe you even try out some of these recipes and want to let us know how it worked out for you, you can always reach us at hello at Thanks for listening and thank you for caring about men's health.